Hello and welcome to Talking Events, the event industry podcast brought to you by Event Industry News. This latest series of Talking Events episodes is being recorded from the Ticket Script offices um, in the heart of London's uh, Silicon uh, Roundabout District. Um, big uh, thanks to the guys at Ticket Script for allowing us to, to set up the Talking Events studio in their offices and to record this latest series. On with today's episode. Understanding your consumer through data. Joining the podcast today, uh, Ticket Script's uh, Shane Mansfield. Good morning, Shane. Good morning. Thanks for having me. And James Cobb from Crowd Connected. Good to see you again, James. Good to see you. Good morning. Um, guys, um, in a nutshell, before we plough on with today's topic, let's talk a little bit uh, very quickly just about your respective organisations so that uh, our listeners today understand exactly where you're both coming from. Shane, let's kick off with you. Tell us a bit about Ticket Script. Uh, so TicketScript is uh, Europe's leading self-service ticketing uh, technology and um, we allow uh, event organisers to set up ticketing for their own events. We're very much uh, a data-led company, um, so what we're about is uh, allowing event organisers to get data as people are visiting their site, as they're buying tickets, um, and then some of the data afterwards to enable them to grow their event and ultimately sell more tickets. And James, Crowd Connected in a nutshell. Um, so Crowd Connected is all about location data. We offer a service called Colocator to events. Uh, we grab location data uh, from customers' mobile phones and from all sorts of other sources. We aggregate that. Uh, and what we're really about is less location-based services, marketing, understanding the individual, um, although we can produce um, all sorts of interesting insight about the individual. It's more about aggregating that information to understand the place, understand the event, uh, uh, understand the venue, uh, see where queues are building up, uh, and doing all of that in real time. And so when we're talking about understanding our consumer through data, what we're talking about is understanding the event customers. Are we right in saying that? Yeah, I, I, I would say so. That, that's exactly uh, the way I would look at it, is that basically what, the way I see things is that we live in a data-driven age at the moment particularly. Um, and I think the more we can know about a ticket buyer, an event goer, um, the, the, the more easy it's going to be for the event organiser to tap into that market and, and grow their event. How far down the line are we? I mean, I just want to go back a few years to begin with and when people really started talking about using data to understand their customers and the generation of data. And it really is quite a recent thing, really, to be generating the sheer volume of data that, that we're generating as a whole, not just in the events industry, but collectively as a, um, as a consumer marketplace. Um, how have we progressed from where it started to where we are now in understanding data and how much more can we progress from here forwards? James? Well, the importance of, of, of data has, has been around forever. It's, it's interesting, more than once now, uh, I've done presentations uh, or, or um, been at, at meetings about data uh, and uh, people reach for their PowerPoint for a quote that actually is Sherlock Holmes. You know, so this is, this is not the computer age. Uh, they're not quoting the founders of, of Google or Facebook. Um, they're quoting Arthur Conan Doyle, saying, you know, data, data, data. Uh, I can't make um, uh, bricks without clay or, or, or something like that. Um, so the importance of data um, yeah, has been there forever. Um, what's changed uh, is the amount of data. So that's where the, this expression, big data, has crept in. Um, and, and big data is a very valuable concept, um, but it's a term that's become horribly overused to the point where probably no one knows what it means. So it's, it's really important to start splitting big data down and saying what, are we, what is big, and, and the volume is big. You know, so typically at, a, uh, at an outdoor event, at a festival, we can be collecting uh, many tens of millions of data points about people's movement and location around that event. You know, so, so typically um, 60, 70, 80 million data points we'll collect at a single uh, event. So the volume of data, 
is big, um, and the velocity is big as well. You know, so so our system is having to cope with thousands of updates a second from from devices. So you've got this huge velocity, this huge volume uh, of data, uh, and that's difficult to deal with, difficult to make sense of, difficult to know um, exactly what to do with it because you can do so much with it. Um, but you know, that's what's changed the volume and the the velocity. Uh, and realizing what you can do with it, not the concept that data is a useful thing. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. In that, um, as I said, that the the big data as a as a term, I think is it's misused now. It's it's out of, out of place because it is just about data, um, but it is getting something useful out of that data. And I think that that's where the hardest part comes in, especially uh, from our experience with the smaller event organizers that come in, is that they know they should be using data. They know how to get the data. Um, through Google Analytics and sources like that, but then they don't know how to get the useful nuggets out of that data to then actually help them. And what are those useful nuggets? What, what sort of data are we talking about that can be of use? Is it something as simple as a, an email address? Obviously, people want email addresses so they can market outwardly towards their customer base, can't they? Yeah, I mean, e email addresses, so that you've, I suppose you've got to break the data down a little bit. I mean, the email address and uh, customer information down to an individual, um, that's useful for, as I said, emailing and, and contact strategies. But I think even before that, when you've got people coming into your site and you can see what type of devices they're using, whether it's mobile, whether it's tablet, um, what email, uh, sorry, what websites are actually driving them to your site, which ones convert better than others. It's, it's those types of bits of information that will then allow you to create uh, marketing campaigns and contact strategies to, to actually increase event attendance uh, in the first place. And then once you've got that event attendance, then you can use the email address data to make your next event more successful because you've got a captive audience. And, and some examples of the things uh, we're exposing to event organizers, once people are through the gate, um, we are tracking their movement uh, and every time I use the word tracking I will follow it up and talk a little bit about privacy because tracking just sounds scary, it's a scary mm. word. What we're doing really isn't scary, it's quite the opposite because what we do is take uh, data about an individual but in a completely anonymous way. Our system, I do not know who these people are, I don't know their name, don't know their, it's, it's anonymous data. Not only that, but we're aggregating the data. So what we expose to an organization is uh, percentages of people, you know, queue times, dwell times, how many people did this. It's not an individual location. So uh, it's not as if they could even uh, reverse engineer the identity from the data by figuring out where someone lives. So it really is, um, you know, we, we call it, we call that, that um, default mode of operating uh, our privacy lock assurance, uh, because not only is the data anonymous, uh, but we're guaranteeing that we won't even tell the promoter, give them enough information about an individual for them to work out who you are. Um, so we're tracking people on site, and the sort of things we can do with that, um, we can just from the location data start looking at uh, the behavior uh, of the audience. So if we look at a typical outdoor festival, we see clear behavioral groups there. We see people who tend to spend all of their time at the main stage. They have very few visits to the other musical entertainment or the other activities on site. They'll hang at the main stage watching all the acts for pretty much their entirety with the odd trip to the closest toilets and the closest bar. Mm -hmm. um, now, those people, you know, it's useful to know if the majority of your audience for a festival uh, is that kind of person uh, or are the um, atmosphere absorbers, we call them, who seem to do a bit of everything. They don't spend a lot of time at the main stage. They're going around everything. They're catching a little bit of lots of acts. They see far more acts, but they see less of them. They spend a lot of time in sponsor areas and food and beverage areas. Now, if you've got an audience that's predominantly the main stage hangers, you might think, well, hold on, is there much point for this event in spending a lot of time on social media trying to 
communicate with our audience, engage with them prior to the event, persuade them to buy a ticket. Because hold on, once we've announced the lineup for the main stage, that's probably all the information they need to make a ticket buying decision. Mm -hmm. If you've got a festival where it's the opposite, most of your audience are these atmosphere consumers who do a little bit of everything, it's probably far more important not to concentrate on the lineup, not to spend money on the acts, but to actually think about how do you communicate, how do you engage with prospective ticket buyers before the event to make them really understand all the fantastic things on offer. Um, so that's an example of stuff we can do purely with location data. We can look at behavioral groups and segment the audience into those groups. We can also combine our data with personally identifiable stuff. So the sort of stuff Shane talked about, if we're looking at people's uh, you know, social media behavior, the websites they visit, the music they listen to on Spotify, their band likes on Facebook. Um, for a festival in the US, we, uh, just looking at location, looked at people who'd watched a particular act on a particular stage and then said, let's look at those people and look at their online behavior and see what other music they listen to. You know, and the bookers absolutely love that. They say, well, you know, if, we're gonna, if, we, if this is the kind of act we want to book for the main stage, what other stuff do these people like? And by combining uh, online behavior with offline behavior, we can go even further uh, in terms of, uh, of demographic understanding as well as behavioral understanding on site. Mm. Shane, um, a, lot of, a lot of what James was just, just talking about there is very much uh, analyzing what's happening once the event doors have opened and people yeah. are coming in. Um, in terms of the, the, the data and going back to, to talking about how we started generating data a few years ago and where yep. we've got up to now, how have things changed in terms of your own operations and how much data and the type of data that you used to generate and where things are being taken to now? Yeah, um, I mean, as you said, if you go back, um, I've been at the company now for four years and if we go back to when, when, when I first started, um, as I said, it was enough to have um, basic email address and mobile data. Uh, there wasn't really much more beyond that. We wouldn't look at uh, supplying analytics to, to clients. Um, we wouldn't really look at the, the site stats in, in, in a great deal. And, and very rapidly, it became apparent that actually that's something that, that event organizers want. And they want to know what their, what their customer is doing, not only on their own websites, but what they're doing on the ticket shop as well. And uh, it kind of mirrors what you were saying about on-site behavior, uh, on behavior actually at the, at the event. Is it similar that we, we, we now need to analyze, or, and we do analyze the on-site behavior when customers on the website as well? Because as I said, combining the two bits of information is, is, is really the, uh, the most important part that, that event organizers are looking for. And in a similar way, we'll, we now allow cons our, our clients to look at their website, look at the data, and actually start to analyze which pages they go to, which ones they don't, and that helps segment them into, as you said, the, uh, the atmosphere uh, users and the people that are only looking for specific bits of information. And using that data, you can then create remarketing campaigns and, and stuff like that. And I think that's what's changed the most, is it's the, the, the volume of data we actually have available and how we transmit that to the, the event organizer themselves. Um, where the challenge is, is, is the event organizer themselves having the time to get something useful out of that data. And that could be something that they do themselves or, or engage with a third party to Well, to essentially, help. when you say getting something useful out of the data, um, a lot of our listeners will be familiar with something like Google Analytics yep. and, and the basic you know, um, overview screen uh, admin uh, panel on Google Analytics. Mm -hmm. um, and you can see operating systems, the type of operating systems that people have used to access certain websites and certain pages. How can that specific strand of data actually be utilized effectively by an event organizer? How important is it that they understand what operating system or what mobile platform 
is being used to access their information and how can that be flipped to then effectively market for future events? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I, when I talk about this um, at conferences, it, it's, I, I have two, I categorize it into two different types of data. You've got uh, interesting data and useful data. And the interesting data is, is the stuff you look at and raise an eyebrow and go, oh, that's, that's quite interesting. Um, it raises questions, but it doesn't actually help you do anything for the bottom line. Um, whereas the useful data is the stuff you can act on immediately that will actually you know, help you um, drive more ticket sales and, and ultimately have a more successful event. Now the interesting data is not valueless because normally the interesting data itself will lead to a question that then makes you get some useful data. So it might be like, oh, more people are using uh, Safari than are using Chrome. Okay, well that in itself doesn't actually necessarily tell me anything. But then you ask yourself why, or why is that particularly happening, and that can lead you into the useful data. The useful data that's immediately available is, is, is stuff like um, referral source, um, because so as an example, because that will then allow you to identify sites that maybe you weren't aware of, could be potential media partners. Um, likewise, it could, it could help you identify areas that you think maybe you're missing out on, um, because if you're expecting to see a particular site driving traffic and it's not there, that, 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 that it raises those flags. So there's referral data is, is certainly one that, that's quite interesting. I think one of the, the first ones that a lot of event organizers and a lot of people generally overlook is the device one. So that's uh, whether, and that's beyond operating system, but going into is it a mobile, is it a tablet, mm -hmm. is, it, is it a desktop? And all that simply comes down to is site optimization. Um, a, a lot of people would probably arguably save a lot of money and make more revenue if they focused on conversion rate optimization on their website rather than just spending lots of money on AdWords. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're talking about the actual event website absolutely, at, this, at this point, yeah, absolutely. Just to clarify. Yes, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so, you know, a very simple thing is it, the page behavior report. You can see which pages people are interacting with, which ones aren't, and what device they're, they're actually engaging with them on. And then optimize your site to make it, uh, the experience better on that particular device, therefore creating better conversion and theoretically selling more tickets. And, and, and even though this can, it, there is a danger that it can get quite techy and quite yep. involved, the beauty about uh, the way that people can access something like Google Analytics nowadays and look at behavioral trends and where people are accessing it from is that it, it need not be an expensive service to deploy you can actually access this data quite easily, even the smallest of events, can't they, James? You can, you can access this type of data. Yes, absolutely. Um, so um, the availability of data, uh, you know, the, the, the volume that's out there um, that people you know, could have access to has, has increased you know, exponentially, massively, um, but the availability um, uh, has increased hugely as well. Um, and, and that's a, that's a, a, a good thing, um, but it also does raise challenges, and we've already talked about uh, the issue of people just having all of this data uh, and not knowing, not understanding uh, what to do with it. Um, uh, and it, it, we talked about big data being a slightly tired phrase. Um, actionable is also a word I, uh, I, I don't like to use because um, uh, it's used far too much. Um, but there is a real issue about whether stuff is um, actionable. And there's loads of stuff we can put in front of an event operator uh, in real time that they love looking at. And that's the analog yeah. of the interesting data on Google Analytics. Um, uh, but you do start to wonder, what are you actually going to do with this? Is it really mm. actionable? There is other stuff we can put in front of people, um, you know, which is truly 
actionable. And we're starting, you know, we're, we're starting to learn which are the truly useful bits and which aren't. And it's interesting when we've done debriefs with operational teams after uh, events and asked them, you know, what did you think of the data? They go, it was amazing. We were sat there in the production office glued to these dashboards showing us heat maps and, and all this stuff. And then I said, well, what did you actually do with it when you looked at it? You know, what did you do? And they go, oh, well, I don't really know what we did. We didn't, it was so much data. We didn't know what to do with it. So we are having to to help people, to train them, to educate them as to what they can actually go and really do with the data rather than sitting and, and looking at pretty stuff. And striking that balance, isn't it? You know, b- between generating loads and loads of data but blinding people with so much of it that they can't really understand how to use it because not every event organiser is going to be as, as, as savvy or, as, as, um, or have the same ability to access the data and interpret it, are they? No, I, I think that's exactly it, is that... The, we talked about it earlier as well about the volume of data and um, for someone that may be aware of analytics and uh, or any software package that delivers data is typically you you may get to a, like the uh, the log inside the dashboard and there's there's a wealth of different reports and different data points and data sets that you can get hold of and if you don't have the time or, or the, the confidence it can become very unnerving for, for people that aren't used to dealing with data and, and it's it's something that can then be off-putting. Um, and I think, as you said about trying to guide people and teach people the best bits of data to look at, I think that's that's what we try and do as well. In that, it's you know, from Google Analytics' point of view, there's probably only three or four reports that you would look at on a regular basis. And if you did look at those reports, you're going to get some uh, actionable and useful data to help your event. You don't need to be overcome just because a report or menu is there. You don't necessarily need to click on it and look at that data. It might not be that useful for that event organizer and I think it's getting people over that fear that just because there's a lot of data there it doesn't have to be scary and you can get useful information out of it you shouldn't be afraid of it. Um, Because they've they've been able to access this data are there examples and this is a bit of a strange question but has this actually worked? Are there examples where by being able to analyze the data even in a simple way you guys have seen examples of events be able to, to tweak their offerings and to actually improve what they do, either through ticket sales or interaction or whatever that may be as a result of the data that's been captured? Yeah, I mean, most of, most of the examples I can give you are, are um, uh, operational ones rather than um, marketing ones, but we've got some clear marketing examples as well. So um, for one festival, going back to 2014, um, they used the behavior pattern of which acts people had seen to then build segments uh, to then uh, send them notifications and, and offer them uh, you know offer deals on on other tickets to other shows um, so if you're in a festival environment you've got lots of different artists performing uh, and rather than picking one individual artist they were able to build segments and say look let's build a segment of people and let's take all our festival audience the festival goers who saw this act on this stage but never visited this stage and went to this thing more than once uh, let's build that segment and now let's send them an offer to a show uh, you know tomorrow um, at uh, the O2 that's the kind of thing they can do Uh, and it's the sort of thing people have been doing for a while uh, online you know people have visited this page and not visited that page and have visited that website and like this on Facebook let's build a segment Um, but we're doing that in the real world we're saying actually let's look at their behavior in the real world uh, and build that segment Um, so it's on the marketing side on the operational side uh, loads of examples both in real time people spotting you know issues with with road crossings on egress people um, getting advance warning of, of people arriving at a box office seeing 
them would arrive at the metro station on our dashboard in real time and getting uh, getting some more staff ready getting another you know scanning lane or security lane uh, open before they arrive because we can show them exactly how long it's going to take them to get there um, you know those operational examples we've you know we, we could go on forever fabulous and and Shane, ticket script. I'm looking at the ticket script logo as we speak, and the strap line is sell more. Yeah. And it's a bold strap line, but I guess it wouldn't be there had you guys not built up a portfolio of examples to be able to demonstrate the fact that this data can have a positive impact and has had a positive impact. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's absolutely the case. I mean, we we did went with that strap line because we uh, we obviously believed in it and we, we have got the, the stats that show that our clients are growing year on year, which is what the, the, the sell more sort of philosophy is all about. Um, and it, it is largely, at the moment, it's definitely through those event organizers um, very proactively taking on board the, the data side of the business. And I think the, the examples that we can talk about are very much, as you've mentioned already, the, the remarketing and retargeting uh, type examples where they'll look at shop behavior. So we're able to build out uh, steps and segments in their ticket shop so they can retarget those people in, in display. Um, the other side of it as well is after the event. Um, we obviously, all of the data that's collected in the shop is uh, entirely owned by the, the event organizer. So it's theirs to access whenever they, whenever they want to download, to do whatever they like with it. And what we find is that they're getting a lot of success by uploading those email addresses into Facebook and creating the, uh, the the Facebook segments to target event organizers that have been, or sorry, not event organizers, ticket buyers that have been to their event previously. Um, so it is it is through that data that they're, they're seeing the growth uh, through through TicketScript, um, and mainly it is using the the customer behavior reports that we we provide. So uh, both after the event and and before the event with um, the the analytics data. And in a similar way to James, where we, we, he was identifying the fact that. By, by monitoring the, the, the actual movement trends and which artists or acts uh, a visitor is engaging with at a festival or, or an event, for example, you can then use that or the organizer could use that to promote another event featuring that particular artist. Presumably, if an organizer is using someone like TicketScript yeah. for multiple events, they can match up their data from different events and look to see where the trends are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the, uh, one of the examples, uh, it's, it's with a Dutch festival. Um, they they've identified um, people that are interested in or, or visitors that are just interested in the lineup and they're not quite sure though those group of people they're, they're not quite sure whether they're going to buy tickets yet or not um, based on the data we've seen they've, they've visited the site multiple times they've only gone to the lineup page um, they've created a campaign to auto trigger once they update the lineup those people get a particular marketing message identifying that the lineups changed or had an addition to it because that's the driver that's going to make that group of people buy tickets. Um, so that's that's the the type of thing that we're looking at is really um, coming into the data and uh, I like looking at the micro moments because it's that there that you're going to get the incrementality. So we we try and teach the or guide the event organizer to start looking at more micro moments and actually communicating on a micro level with smaller subsets uh, because then you're able to make a more personalized message. So segmenting the data rather than using it to, to blanket bomb everybody. Yeah. Sorry to put that into sort of no, that's exactly brutal it. terms, <laughs> but segmenting it and, and looking at the stuff that, that's maybe a little bit more niche within that data. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's, you know, that's interesting. There's some... some um Parallels there. We we started right at the beginning talking about you know what's the the history. How did all this data uh, start? And if you look at you know the early 
the early um, data we had available, if we look online, w was was a page count. You remember we had yep. those, you know, little ticker things that went round at the bottom of the page. Don't see those that often these days, do you? But you know, it was a page count. How, how many how many visits am I getting? Um, and similarly, if you look at offline, if you look at real world data, uh, you know, for a long time in retail, people have been using footfall count. It's not fine grain, but it just tells you by counting people who come through the front door how many people came on Tuesday, how many people came on Wednesday, and there's a, a complete. Um, an, an analog there uh, with with a page count, um, you know. Then uh, we were able to look at individual page hits. How long did someone spend on the site? And which pages are they looking at? Uh, yeah. And now you can you can even track you know the mouse move and how long the mouse hovered over a certain thing on the page. So um, you know that granularity, that uh, that that micro moment you can get into um, is getting finer and finer online. And exactly the same thing is happening in the real world. We're much able, better able to understand whether it's at events whether it's retail, you know, this year we're, we're about to start a project with TFL looking at movement on London Underground. Um, you know, so it's not just about events, but in the real world, we're getting better and better at understanding those, you know, the, the, the real micro fine grain behavior, just as we are on, on a, you know, a mouse click on a website. Yeah. Excellent. Guys, getting towards the end of, of uh, today's episode, um, thank you for your input. Um, I think what we'll do is we will tweet um, some links from the at Talk and Events uh, Twitter feed um, out to both your organisations. So anybody yep. who's tuned into this episode of the podcast who may want to get in contact um, with any questions that relate to the stuff that we've been talking about today can do so. Um, if you would like to subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to it via iTunes. You can watch it via the Event Industry News website. You can also watch it via the Event Industry News YouTube channel. It leaves me to thank Shane Mansfield from Ticketscript for joining us. Shane, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. James Cobb from Crowd Connected, thanks for joining the podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. And you have been listening to Talking Events. Mm -hmm.